big news. We've been nominated. Go to OrlandoWeekly.com backslash vote to help us win the Best of Orlando Local Podcast Award. Help us to put the vulgar genius's name on the map of the city beautiful. The culinary scene is thriving in the city beautiful with Orlando destined to be the next stop on your foodie adventures. Co-owner chef Lord Perlalicon and Jamie Lynn Bailey chat about their restaurant Kaya. This new fine dining experience will bring Filipino cuisine to the center stage and will surely leave you wanting for more. Our conversation with Lofer and Jamie Lynn focuses on the importance of bringing Filipino food within the Epicurean landscape and how their family was instrumental in helping to create a menu that will be electric to everyone's taste buds. Stay tuned as we continue with our celebration of all things Asian for AAPI Heritage Month on this episode of the Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizziesbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code VULGARGENIUS to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. We're your hosts. My name is Denny. And I am Veronica. And today we have... Two, two, double the pleasure, double the fun. You're right there, too. I'm excited. Like, we have two amazing guests on our podcast today to help celebrate um, Asian American Pacific Islander Month. My Um, month, my month. It's it's time, it's time to hype up the Asian massive, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And we are doing this with none other than Lofa Lali Khan and Jamie Lynn Bailey, who are the owners of Kaya, Orlando's soon-to-be hottest up-and-coming restaurant. This full-service dining experience will showcase a lively and flavorful taste of Filipino techniques, ingredients, and stories alongside the freshest Florida ingredients and thoughtful beverage program. They will be serving the food closest to their hearts while infusing their own experiences, creativity, and warm hospitality to expand the awareness and love of Filipino food and culture. How about that? How about that for an intro? I mean, I want to eat all the things, but I can't eat all the things yet because we're going to make a way. We're going to figure it out. For those who know, I'm vegetarian, but finding out that this spot is about to open um has me questioning all of my belief systems right now (laughs) and your life choices (laughs) but why but why Mm. because we have uh some of the greatest people that's joining us today and uh, we're going to talk to them about this wonderful restaurant so how about we get started how y'all doing welcome to the show hello 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 thank you for having us Thank you for uh, dealing with our craziness. Um, but we, like you said, are very excited to talk to you all about Kaya, um, which is a, a much needed um, institution that will be established here in Orlando, Florida. You all are 
lending your expertise, your skill set, and your craftiness to our culinary delights here in this beautiful city. And we cannot be more than excited to have you all um, on the on this landscape. My first question is, what took so long? <laughs> <laughs> like that Filipino food, my food. What took so long? <laughs> <laughs> What's the origin of Kaya? Like, how did this come to be for you, for you both? Well, you you apologize for your crazy, but we you, you haven't met our crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this story goes back. This story goes back to a fall day in two thousand three. <laughs> uh, Lo was sitting in the student union at the University of Florida, where we both went to uh, college, go Gators. go Gators. And I saw Lo eating his meal by himself at what, Wendy's, Subway, something? Bacon cheeseburger with uh, <laughs> chicken nuggets on uh, fries and then a shake. That's what I, <laughs> I remember that. I haven't had that in a long time, but I remember that vividly. <laughs> and uh, I went up to him and I said, hey, are you Filipino? He said, yeah, <laughs> I was like, you should join the Filipino Student Association. We have a meeting. You should check it out. Uh, it was a brief interaction. Um, but, you know, after I don't know, I, I don't feel like I saw him really again after that. Um, and he's really popular. So he always says that. But, you know, it was a <laughs> I was so young. He was the first year and I was graduating that semester. So, you know, fast forward, fast forward 2013. Um, I went to church one Sunday after church in the parking lot. We kind of see each other looking for our cars. And I was like, hey, I think we went to college together. He was like, yeah. And we just reconnected. He invited me to lunch with some friends, some mutual friends. And then, you know, I learned that they were, uh, he and two of our other friends from college were opening um, a restaurant. Well, at the time, you might not even have had Capo yet, right? You were just kind of like helping. Yeah, no, yeah. We were just back from New York to London, so we were just looking, looking for our opportunity. Um, but we went out to have lunch and then we opened up Kappa, which is a small place in East End Market. Uh, seven, seven, six seat sushi bar, but sometimes seven if we like to. And then it was, it was, it was like, Kappa was like an extension of our experiences, me, Mark and Jen of cooking, you know, Japanese food and doing sushi. And then Jamie would hang out with us. She's coming from a big city, you know, it was, it was like, really understandable vibes because when you know you move from a bigger city to a smaller city um it's a, it's a big transition and we kind of did that transition together and then we were like you know maybe one day we'll open a filipino restaurant let's see how we can work together she she helped us open cadence and then now kai is on the way and our dream is here so it's ex exciting to see i don't know how is that like 19 years of kind of history to come together. So it's, it's really, it's really cool. It's wild, you know, they say everything happens for a reason. It's like wild to think that that one day when I said, hey, what's up, you know, that we would be um, so closely linked, you know, we're like family now. Her, he asked me to be the godmother of his son. Um, we've been She's doing, <laughs> <laughs> and technically his godmother too. Um, we did our first Filipino event together eight years ago. We did a Kamayan at the East End Market. I think that was the first time we had like that kind of Kamayan uh, vibe ticketed event that at least I know when I grew up in Orlando. 
And then it just kind of went from there. We started doing Filipino events like once a year as like a, just for fun, but always with the intention to uh, do a Filipino restaurant when the time was right. And, you know, Denny's like, what took so long? You know, I think it was just the universe. It was the time was right. Who knew that during a pandemic, we would find the perfect place. And it's the, the home of um, Dandelion, which was a, already an institution, you know, really proud to add our chapter to that space. Um, there's lots of really good energy there and we're excited to just, you know, make it another community spot, just the next chapter and add our flavor <laughs> to, to the scene. The best flavor. <laughs> Filipino flavor. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, for those at home who don't, who cannot tell that Jamie is, I, I would say she, if you were to look up extrovert in a dictionary, it would have her picture in there. And just the fact of like how that story between her and Lo came together of her going up to him and, you know, just straight up asking, you know, are you Filipino speaks volumes about who she is as a person. And, and she and I have known each other for quite some time. And when I sit and think about like, how did we meet? I honestly cannot remember. I don't know if it was you coming to church one day or, you know, you going to a show and just so happened to be there. I have no clue because, you know, we have connections in the hip hop world, our friends who who do that. And with Lo, I remember meeting you. Uh, it was around the time that Capo kind of first began opening up and running. And I came there with Melody, um, our mutual friend, Melody. And coming to a sushi spot as a vegetarian, you're kind of like, well, that's how we fix. But you crafted a meal for me that was so delicious. I still have pictures of it. And I can, I can literally taste the food. To this day, I have not had rice taste like that rice taste. You took a, a, a leaf and, and took it and wrapped She's it around a carrot and it was some kind of like brown sauce that you and I, that has always stayed with me just a stick of carrot that was it I remember leaving that place and feeling so full and so happy because I wish I could have eaten everything that you craft from your hands because I know if, if you can make rice and a piece of carrot and leaf taste delicious I can only imagine what you do when you have a full out you know menu to work with because I know Denny she goes to Cadence she frequents Cadence it's a her special spot so yeah I think I've celebrated all my birthdays there except for um like the pandemic the pandemic birthday <laughs> <laughs> for the pandemic it's that's for a lot of people yes so I was like oh it was first my my sister's going to like East End and they're like, Denny, we should go here. And then they're like, Denny, they're closing it. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and then and then they're like, oh, but they're moving into Cadence. And then that's where I think even like the picture in my wallet of me and my husband, it's a Polaroid. It was taken from like Cadence. Mm -hmm. And I showed Veronica the picture and I'm like, look. And she was like, when was that? Because we looked very different pre-pandemic, <laughs> pre-baby. It was a whole different life. <laughs> so, and I'm like, this was in Cadence, my last birthday with my sister. Like, it was me, my sister, my mom, my dad, and my sister's then boyfriend. And me and my husband with, like, two other people. 
and we were just like oh i miss i'm i'm i miss i miss all of that and knowing that you guys would be you would be doing like also kaya which is filipino food i'm like i think i'm like the happiest person in the world because <laughs> <laughs> you know that you're in the hands of a, of someone who knows what they're working with with two people who know the food who know the culture it's a part of their life right so we're interested in on how the concept of kaya came about like how did you all come out and decide okay this was the thing that we wanted to do and the way that you wanted to do it. You know, I think it's like, it's an evolution, like life is an evolution. So when Danny talks about how, you know, why, why did it take so long? I think it took that long because it's the evolution of us, like as being Filipino Americans, like being confident enough to do this food. Also like taking the time to learn maybe techniques from other cultures or do our own study of history and growing and maturing. And then now in a position to be like, okay, now I'm confident enough to represent my people the way I think we can be represented at the highest level. So that's like first and foremost of why I feel like it has come to what it is because this has always been a dream. Um, it's always been a path, you know, everything was just stepping stones and like, um, ways to learn and evolve and get better at what we did. So, so we would feel comfortable like, I can do it and I can do it for my people and I can feel confident. And I hope that when people step in here, they're like, I'm Filipino. This is what Filipino means to me. And I think that's, that's part of it. Um, and the way, you know, the way, what, you know, Kaya means, you know, capable. I think a lot of it is like Filipinos are underdogs. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like Kaya in a way represents that. And then like our crying calls, like Kaya Natin, we can do that. So we can do things together. And since Filipinos are like all about community, all about being together, all about being family, it's a good combination of, of a place where people can meet, enjoy, eat, and have a good time and be with Filipinos because we're fun. <laughs> <laughs> where are these people when I moved to Orlando? Where? <laughs> They were here. You just had to seek them out. I know, because I probably could let it come out of the house. Go, go <laughs> ahead, Jake. You know, I think another part of, like, the concept of Kaya and the idea of, like, being capable, doing, you know, Kaya Natin, also, like, in Spanish, right? Si se puede. We can do it. Is that a lot of times when you think about Filipino food and you talk to Filipinos, like, we even kind of underdog ourselves and say, like, well, our food can't be mainstream, because XYZ or whatever, you know, Filipino food will never be on the main stage. And we, we really are interested in making Filipino, like Filipino food bigger, right? So what, I, what do I mean by that? When I talk to like some of my homies or even, you know, some of my family members about Filipino food, you know, they want to say, well, adobo has to be one way, or this is the way that it's supposed to be, right? Even when, you know, Lo, I always joke, Lo has, you know, um, his, he has me, his wife, and then he has his wife, Julie, and then he has his uh, mother-in-law, and then he has his mom, and he has my mom, all these women telling him, like, how a particular dish is supposed to be made. You know, we all have our own experience, our own region of the Philippines that we're from, our own kind of, like, memory that we want to bring in, and then you add to that all the Filipinos in Orlando who have an opinion about it, right? Oh, that's not really Filipino, or that's not traditional, or that's fusion, and, you know, me and Lo talk about this literally all the time mm. um that like what what makes Filipino food Filipino 
is such a, a big question. And we find that so often people want to put it into a box. They wanna make it so easily definable. This is what it is. It has to be a certain way. And what we've learned in our research in our, you know, we've taken some classes with some folks in the Philippines and like really just trying to better understand, um, you know, the history, like he said, we have so many books. I feel like I've become a collector of out of print Filipino cookbooks and just to better understand like the different perspectives is that there isn't one way, you know, it turns out that like adobo, for example, um, a lot of folks think of that as a dish, the national dish of the Philippines. But it turns out adobo is more of a method of cooking than a particular dish. So you have like probably as many kinds of adobo as you have islands in the Philippines, which is more than 7,000, right? Um, and Filipino cooking is all about using what you have access to, being resourceful, um, you know, taking advantage of what you have in your backyard. We always say like nothing more Filipino than using what you have in your backyard. Um, and then when you think about that, we want Kaya to be a place where we can make, make it bigger. You know, how do we be more expansive that many, many things can be celebrated as a part of our culture and um, the many cultures across the archipelago. Um, and I get excited because when you pair that with Lo's experience as a cook, as a chef, from, you know, working at Blue Hill Stone Barn in New York uh, with Jan Barber, where it's like the origin of, you know, farm to table cooking. Um, and then his work at Cadence, working with seafood and fish or working in Italian restaurants and French um, training. Like you bring all of that to the table and it just, it pairs so nicely with Filipino food and the idea of what's available in Florida, seafood, vegetables. So, you know, we're gonna have vegetarian food, Veronica, so you don't have to worry too hard. I was like excited when you were saying that because I was like, oh, we got you. <laughs> you know, we're still working on some of the details like shrimp paste and fish sauce, they're harder to replace, but we're gonna be very seafood and vegetable forward as a way to like pay tribute to our maritime culture as well as Lowe's experience as a chef and um, just you know continuing to evolve. I think that you ask us today what Kaya's concept is and you ask us again in a year or two, it might, it might be different, uh, always kind of growing. I'm glad that you, you, know, you, you mentioned that there will be vegetarian options, but as I was talking to Denny today, and this is something that I have within maybe the last couple of years been really struggling with in regards to like food in general and, and my relationship with what I want to eat versus what, you know, is I can't touch for, you know, what, for whatever reason, not necessarily because, you know, I have a a love for animals, which I do. I mean, animals are great, but it's for, you know, like health reasons why I don't. And then having to grapple with like, there are foods that I grew up with that I no longer can have, right? And as an African-American, like soul food is such a huge part of who I am and, and all of these things and trying to create like some hybrid form of that. It's possible, but it's nothing like eating the thing. You know what I'm saying? And so to be able to have this connection for both of you all to connect to your, your heritage and your culture in that way, you know, like it makes me want to sit and say, okay, recently, you know, doing the whole DNA test thing and finding out like, okay, you know, Nigel, that's where I'm representing, right? I got that Nigerian in me flowing and there's all of this food that I was never privy to getting to be able to taste for myself and saying, okay, there's this trip that we're trying to make to go to a Nigerian restaurant in Orlando and eat that food for myself. And me saying, I think 
it's time. I think it's time for me to just do what I need to do, deal with the repercussions later of what that looks like. And the same is what I feel about this restaurant because I, you know, like I said earlier, I know at the hands of you, Lo, of what it is that you can create of and what you all are making of this restaurant, it makes me want to take, I want to taste what you all are tasting, right? So it's the going and ex having that ex that shared experience that all of these patrons are that are getting ready to come there and and have that taste of this is what our adobo tastes like today you know this is what whatever it is that you all decide to create i want to be able to say i tasted that too you know what i'm saying but yeah but like going back to what jamie was saying like uh i think filipinos are like are the harshest critic about their food mm. And, you know, it's the tita and the lolas and be like, no, it doesn't taste authentic. It doesn't taste like this. But that's what I want people to realize from what Jamie said. It's like we put our own selves in a box. We limit ourselves with what we can do and what our food should taste like. Mm -hmm. And that's not allowing us to grow. That's not allowing us to be seen more in like a bigger and like more expansive like worldview. Because we're like, oh, you know, we should cook adobo with just this. And like I was telling like my mother-in-law, she was like, how do you make this? Because I tasted it one time when we were in a cruise somewhere and like the Filipinos were like the, the chefs there and they just wanted to do adobo. And I'm like, well, because my mom makes it this way. But then my grandma even makes it the other way. Like there's nothing straightforward about it. And the, I think the more that we realize that it's like that, I think the more that we, we we can be more accepting of like, oh, this is something new and great and we can just enjoy and be Filipino and not like criticize what's in front of us. Yeah, because the food essentially is a conversation that you all get to have with other Filipinos, correct? Yeah, it's a story, right? It's a story of, you know, one of the things that Lo's been making recently is burro, which is a you know fermented fish. It's it's fish that's fermented in rice, and it was my grandmother's favorite food. It's a specialty of Pampanga, which is the region my mom and you know our family is from. Um, and then you know there are foods that Lo makes that are close to his heart or his dad's lumpia, right? That's very different from my mom's lumpia, and so we can tell that story. <laughs> I, th I think part of it is that, you know, and in, in, in Filipino Americans are limited and in, in, in me and my friends and Jamie have this conversation all the time is that we kind of hold that the immigrants here hold on to their, their identity so hard. But if you go back to the Philippines, you know, they're making adobo everything. They're making ginatan everything. They're making karakara everything. So it's, you know, what we're doing is, 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 is new in Florida, but it's not new for the world. It's not new for the Philippines for sure. Cause there's, there's top 50 restaurants and now we just got a James Beard winner and then we got a Michelin star in Chicago. So it's, it's really like all happening at the same time. So it's crazy. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm not even mad at it. You know, I used to get really like, I could feel myself getting like frustrated with my, with my fam or with my friends who would say stuff like that. And I realized, you know, I think it really comes from a place of like, I, I, I'm not represented much. Like Filipinos are not represented a ton in American culture or, you know, on the, on the TV more is getting more and more, but, you know, growing up very rarely do you see people talking about Filipino food. So when you do present it, you want it to represent you. Mm -hmm. And the thing is like, 
one dish can't represent every single Filipino experience, right? You got Filipino, the Filipinos are all over the world. The number one export of the Philippines is human labor. Mm -hmm. So you have, I've traveled around the world. I've been very fortunate to travel for work and I've been, you know, in different countries and I've met Filipinos who are working abroad. I have cousins who work abroad, you know, and it's like, do you think that the adobo that they make in Saudi Arabia based on what they can source and access is going to taste the same as it does in, you know, Metro Manila, as it does in Orlando, Florida, like probably not. Does it make it less Filipino? I, I, I would argue it makes it more Filipino because it tells our story, right? It tells the story of who we are as a people, the resilience, our, um, you know, willingness to sacrifice everything to take care of our families, right? To move abroad, to do what we have to do. And uh, as a result of colonialism, you know, and so I think that as we continue to like, um, separate ourselves or make ourselves smaller we're you know doing a disservice to 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 ourselves and our ancestors so it's exciting for us because we're learning a lot too you know as we move it's not like low and I know everything about Filipino food but we engage with guests with um our family in ways that expands our own knowledge and our own exploration to think oh you could do it that way let's I want to learn more about that what's your story what do you remember um how can we make that a part of of the story as well and we want Kaya to you know, ultimately be a place where people can go to learn about being Filipino, um, learn about Filipino food, learn about Filipino culture, but for Filipinos to go and just feel proud, right, to feel seen um, in the space, because we didn't have a lot of that growing up. See, Jamie for president! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie for Filipino food president. <laughs> so what was, like, the craziest thing you guys, like, learned or discovered while you were doing these research, the researches, or, like, reading these old like cookbooks and stuff like what was the most interesting that you like this is wild well you, you um that filipino food was not is not ugly you know like you know we had this idea and we you know i even grew up with the idea that filipino food is ugly but when i went back to reading this book um i think it's doreen fernandez and she talks about like how we used to have immaculate like plates of food set on the table all the time and not until we really got colonized that we started to see these little things that got taken away because um, our colonizers didn't see them as good food so they would they would put their food and then they would try to put you know they we really had food is culture and really that's the first way to colonize a culture and really take advantage of it is by taking away their food and that's the first thing that colonizers did to us and attack is you, you attack that you attack everything mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that i really learned about like reading about filipino culture is that and what i love filipino culture at the same time is that we actually took their food when they tried to colonize us and we colonized their food and yeah. then we, we said, indigenize that day. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, was, it was like that's amazing that we were still able to hold on to our palate hold on to what we found out and made it our own and 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 like one of the first things is like adobo right people talk about you know that's that's spanish um but the only reason it's it's was called adobo because the friars looked at it and to them it looked like their same food that the same food that they ate in Spain, but that's the only reason why, just because it looked the same, not because it tastes the same, just because it looked the same. Now we have a whole dish that describes the Philippines just because, you know, they saw it that way. So that's, that's, there's so many interesting things about Filipino food. Like when she talks about burro, you know, if you look at like sushi in Japan, you know, that's, you know, that's, that, that also has some sort of connection. Um, but 
all at the same time. Not, not because Japanese colonized us, but that's what you did with food to preserve food back in the day because you didn't have refrigeration. You had salt, you had rice, you had fish. So the reason why you did those things was because you had to feed yourself. So Buddha was created by this idea of like, I have to preserve the fish and food and now I have to eat it with vegetables. And that's what we're, that's how I'd get my flavor is, and then, then you create a bagoni and patis and all these different things. So it's, there's it's so much, it's so deep. It's like a hole and that we're still trying to dig out of, you know? You know, it's yeah. like, you know how many, you know, uh, if you have Filipino friends, you probably notice like a lot of them have Spanish last names, right? Like Perez, Garcia, Alferez, right? Like we have homies with those last names. And, um, you know, I think growing up, I always thought it's because we were mixed with Spanish, right? Mixed with Spanish, mixed with Spanish. And, you know, I learned actually that a, a lot of Filipinos have Spanish last names because the Spanish you know, colonizers would come and like have people rename themselves. There was a book, um, the Libro de Apellidos, and then pick a, pick a last name, you know, that's Spanish. And they rename neighborhoods. You know, I have a friend who, where she grew up in Iloilo, like every, like every barangay, every little neighborhood, like they have the same letter last name because they would just rip the page out of the book. Mm. pick a name and then they did that with the food too so they saw the food they said oh adobo you know or another example that i think is funny is um uh escobeche they call you know it's fried sweet and sour fish is actually chinese (laughs) like our our version of it the filipino version of escobeche is basically sweet and sour fish um and so you know it's really interesting like language has power right and it tells a story and a narrative and so part of what we want to do is help to just like you know, we're not saying it's good or bad. It, it just, that's what happened, right? Um, and we want to not overly glorify like, oh, we're so Spanish, but we also don't want to necessarily over demonize it either. But we do want to celebrate the things that make us, you know, it's even funny to say Filipino because even the name of our country is after a Spanish king. So it's like very like, sometimes you'll, you know, me and Lo will be talking about like, you know what's Kapampangan or what's Pangasinan or just using even the regions to better describe the indigenous kind of methods or ingredients because you know I can go on and on clearly I can go on and on about this but you know people think about Filipino food as like pork fried food but a lot of that came from the Spanish and American influence mm-hmm. um, and we're not mad at that I love me some fried pork with chon lumpia give it to me <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at that but you know like my my um I think about my my great grandmother she was pescatarian she only ate fish and vegetables and that Mm -hmm. there are there are diets in the Philippines that are close to vegetarian um it's an archipelago it's 7,000 islands so seafood is a huge part but even in the Philippines we've um you know made seafood seem a little less uh special than meat right Mm -hmm. and so just kind of trying to reclaim some of the things that make us who we are and really celebrate that um, in the space at, at, at Kaya. I'm glad that you that you mentioned this and this this next question is directed towards Lo, but both of you all can chime in on this and it has to deal with you know there's this this idea that uh, the fine dining experience is usually is centered in this space of exclusivity and whiteness and with creating a space such as Cadence, um, you along with your partners, Mark and Jennifer, you all have been able to create a space of inclusivity while allowing your patrons to broaden their tastes uh, with your meticulously crafted menu. What has been the message for you that you wanted to drive home to people about uh, not only your, your restaurant with, with Cadence, but also with Kaya, what it is that you want people to know what you can do with with the food there 
It's a good question. <laughs> I, um, with Kaya, like it's, and what we're trying to do is you can express yourself the way you want to express yourself. I think that's like the biggest thing. And that's what Kate is. It's like an expression of Mark, Jen, and I um, during that moment in time. And, and what we did is, you know, we were lucky enough and we were, you know, received so much love and support from the Orlando community, which we're so thankful for, but we were allowed to be ourselves. And I think that's amazing. And, that, and, and we were so successful at that. Um, it gave us the confidence to do Kaya the way we want to do it as well, you know, not feeling judged. And that, that's, I think that's what makes Orlando amazing. You know, if there's, there's any place in the world that I think is so accepting to like, especially free communities, especially right now, it's, it's Orlando. Um, you know, if you go to a New York city or San Francisco, it's, it's, it's judgmental and it's, you gotta keep up with the Joneses. You gotta, you know, you gotta keep up with everybody else, what everybody else is doing. And I think Orlando has a special opportunity to be a place where a creator can be a creator to its fullest. Um, and for Kaya, and for Kaya, what that means is that we're going to express ourselves um, and layer it with, you know, our, you know, my experiences as a chef. You know, when I think of um, indigenizing the food like how we did in the Philippines, you know, sometimes I run the story in my head. I'm going to colonize the food with, with Filipino techniques, so taking Japanese and French and Italian things that I've learned for the past decade, and then saying like. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna Filipinize this like to the fullest and you won't even see the J Japanese or the French part of it. And then when you talk about like fine dining and how can we bring that to a more equity stage? And I think it's just how you do it and how you present it. And at Kai, we really wanna present it in a way where, you know, eating at the table is about um, communication with each other, like to people getting together. So Akai is gonna be a place where you know, of course, we want to present and give the best food and tell the education history of what we've done. But at the same time, we also want people to eat and enjoy themselves. So a lot of it's going to be like, you know, when we say casual fine dining, it's going to be an open tasting menu where people are eating together, not just having plates of beautiful food and just about like pretty food where you take pictures. Um, no, it's a place where you're going to be grabbing from the middle of the table and you're going to be having a conversation. You're going to be sharing with each other and you're going to be having a good and exciting time. Not, not so like a place where it's kind of like feels so tight, which find that a lot of the places are. Um, we want to stay away from that. So. Yeah, because that, that's how you eat like Filipino style. And I'm mm -hmm. happy that you mentioned, you know, like Orlando is a place where, you know, like you can grow as a creator because then me and Veronica were talking about you know like before like before I moved here like Orlando to me was just kind of like oh this is like you know where the theme parks are at like you know but but you won't like automatically be like oh yeah we have like this x and y z food there if except for like when you go to like I mean like if you go to like like New York or like San Francisco like Lo was saying they'd be like oh yeah you know this is known for this part or this is known for that part but when when you come to Orlando, it's it's kind of nice to be like now, you know, making making me realize that, oh, we have we do have this like very, very like strong sense of like community that like people want to see and help, you know, like creators and like the movers in the market that want to do something bigger and better for like for us. Mm. And that's that says a lot you know to the people of like Orlando so like for for you to be like yeah you know you, it inspires you to like just do whatever you got to do to present them the best food 
And I like that she said that, you know, the food is not just there for you to take pictures of it. Because, like, if you ask me, like, if I took any of the pictures in Cadence, I would be like, no. I think, like, I can't be like, oh, this is what I ate, you know, like, because because I'm like an influencer. No. I'd be like, no, I just ate that shit up. I would just like, what's time doing all this shit, you know? Give me pics of empty plates. That's what I want to see, because that lets me know. Food is good. Yes. So I'm like, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> that my picture with me and my husband was like an overexposed picture of me in a Polaroid. Cause I'm like, my sister was like, you, so you're not going to take a picture on your birthday? Like, this is it. And I'm like, yes, this is it. Girl. <laughs> but it, it, it's really, it's really something, you know, to believe in, in the power of like your culture be put into food. Cause I think, you know, like representation is key and I think that's why I'm most excited about this because it's like you know it's it's celebrating me and all the stuff that I was told like was not okay to be celebrated like mm. oh you know oh, it smells or you know like they're not gonna like that it's too yeah. you know it's too funky or too you know. weird it's too simple what is like what is fried fish you know you're like, what is what is shrimp paste? What is like patis? And I'm just like, oh, you guys, it's delicious. That's what it is. <laughs> you never you know. Give me that umami <laughs> funk, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate you talking about the, you know, bringing your culture into the food. And I think that for Lo and I, it's also about bringing the culture into the experience. Like, mm-hmm. so many people will say, like, oh, my best friend's Filipino, or I grew up with, a, I knew a Filipino, my roommate was Filipino. And people, you know, Filipinos leave a, a lasting memory on folks, you know? Um, and we want folks to feel that, you know, from the moment that they like check out our Instagram or go to our website or, you know, walk in the door through the whole experience just to feel welcome. You know, my best memories growing up were being at family parties where like all the aunties and the uncles were playing mahjong and like eating together and talking. Did you eat yet? Did you eat? You know, making sure everyone's taken care of, making sure everyone's fed. Um, and to me, that's such an important way for us to pass down our culture too to future generations um, so that they have that memory of like we build together you know we care about each other we talk to each other and especially as um technology and social media and zoom continue to just like be a you know the the metaverse or whatever a big part of our world we want to just make sure that we have that space to ground ourselves in relationship with one another with the farmers that we have locally with other community makers artists um you know People ask, oh, so who's your designer? And it's like funny because it's a li- it's like a long a long list of people. <laughs> you know, we have a landscape architect that's a friend of ours. We have an interior architect that's helping us like take our ideas and put them you know to life. We have a you know uh, an, an architect architect. <laughs> we have you know uh, our GC who's also Filipino. We've you know all these folks who are trying to engage in the work. So like Kaya feels like it's a community effort. It's ours. You know, Lo and I always say like we don't we can't do this by yourself and we don't want to, you know, we want it to be the best of, of, of everything that Orlando has to offer. Jamie, uh, this question is for you. Um, because I remember when I reached out to you and I said, you know, like, I want you all to come on the show. And then you're like, but don't y'all just talk about like books. (laughs) And so what a lot of people might not know if they're catching on to us now is that when we first started out, we called our, podcast it was forks and fangs because we wanted to incorporate food into the things oh. that we were eating. 
And it depended upon either if something was mentioned in the book or if it was where the author was from, we wanted to find that food and bring it in. And we had to learn how to pivot because we were confusing people with the name. So we were like, let's just go with <laughs> the vulgar geniuses. And we kind of let go of the forks and fangs part. But when you when you said that, it was like, well, we wanted to branch out this year and bring in not only writers, but all different types of creatives. Like we've talked to authors and and uh, filmmakers and uh, animators and uh, just movers and shakers in all different kinds of ways. And for you, um, you started in a field that had nothing to do originally with, with food, uh, with what it is that you're doing now. And I remember when you decided that you kind of wanted to like take a break from work and try to reset and figure out what it was that you wanted to do and you came back home to figure that out about like what your next adventure was going to be. And then the next thing I knew you, you were, you know, working with cadence and, 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 you know, dealing <laughs> with that whole thing. And next thing I know you were like traveling the world and having ice cream <laughs> in one hand and sake in the other hand, what has this been for you to learn how to pivot in terms of learning to do something brand new? Um, you know, I feel like it's a blessing in my life that I've always kind of been open to the possibilities that are in front of me. So, you know, I went into undergrad, um, majoring in public relations with the intention to work in the music industry, you know, and you know, I have a huge love of music and Veronica and I have bonded over that many times, gone to many shows together. And I worked at, uh, you know, for artist management uh, agencies, I worked at radio stations, and I just felt this inner pull to, you know, make the world a better place. And I decided to become a teacher. So I went into education, which we also have in common, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, you know, my career kind of went into the nonprofit and social justice direction. And I loved it. And I, you know, it's funny because I, I think that, and we were talking about this earlier today, me and Lo, that it, it is connected. Um, I remember sitting at the BART couple, I was still, you know, working full-time for an education nonprofit. And um, you know, I was talking to Lo about what I was doing and he was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, you're changing the world. And I was like, y'all are changing the world. You know, immigrant kids sitting here showing Orlando that you can have a six seat sushi bar and just like serve people what you want to serve them. Orlando is not used to that. And I know a lot of people told them like Orlando's not ready for that. Mm. Um, and you know what? They made Orlando ready and pushed the culinary scene forward, you know? And I think that that spoke to me right away. And when I lived in Chicago, so um, right before I moved back to Orlando, I lived in Chicago for about seven, eight years. And even though I was doing education work, a big part of my, my ministry was serving Filipino food to my, my homies. You know, I had this moment where I looked around and I, and I thought, you know, I have, so I have 17 godchildren. That's one of my fun facts. I have a lot of God kids, a lot of love in my life. And I was thinking about the younger generation and how do we pass on our culture? Because a lot of us uh, who grew up in America don't speak our parents' languages, you know, because of assimilation, because in the Philippines, English is also an official language. So many of our parents speak English. So we could speak English at home. We didn't learn the language. And I was like, that's a little harder to kind of just pick up, you know? So I thought, well, you know, what we could do is learn how to cook. We can learn how to cook and we can have family parties and then show these kids what it's like to be around a bunch of uh, aunties and uncles and have this uh, kind of intergenerational situation where they're like, can we please go home? And they're like, no, we're still talking, um, you know? <laughs> and so I called my mom up and I said, hey mom, 
how do you make apertada? And it was something that I just remember her making growing up. And she was trying to explain to me how to make it, but there's no measurements. And she's like, just smell it. You'll know it's in your blood. Like, you know, you know how to cook, just do it. You know, Denny's knows the struggle. Um, and so I cooked it and I smelled it and I tasted it. And what the heck, it tasted just like my mom's. Mm. And it was like something in my body, like aligned. And we started hosting, we call, we just called it Filipino dinner. So simple um, at my apartment, like once every two weeks. And there'd be like up to 40 people at my house eating Filipino food. And it became connected to this idea of community and identity. And like, you know, when you know yourself better and you love yourself better, you can like extend that to others. And so, you know, that's kind of where I became really passionate about Filipino food and food in general as a way to create community and connection. Because, you know, we can have big, you know, I worked in education for 15 years and I hate to say this, but like systemically it's not better than it was 15 years ago. And I, you know, I've worked really hard. Blood, sweat, and tears is challenging work. Um, I've, I've impacted individuals and I am thankful for that. And I don't discount that at all, but it's tough, you know? And I think that if we aren't able to nourish um, in the cells, you know, it's like um, Adrian Marie Brown, talks about the idea of fractals, you know, like in order for this, for the body to be healthy, the organs have to be healthy for the organs to be healthy. The cells have to be healthy. And so the same thing with people and communities, like our, in our relationships with each other have to be healthy if we want the whole, the community to be healthy. And so I find that this is a perfect way to do that. Um, and I think Orlando's in a place where we have a lot of people coming in from outside, from like other cities, trying to, you know, take advantage of the <laughs> cost of living. Um, and I think there's an opportunity for us to connect, to learn with each other because it's such a polarized world. So anyway, I kind of went all over the place in answering that, but short answer is I feel like it's connected. I, I'm really thankful that I got to reconnect with Lo and Mark and Jen and that I was able to kind of see, get dip my toe into the restaurant industry and see if that was like, you know, sometimes you love something, but doing it for a like the music industry, I was like, nah, <laughs> that was, being in the music industry is not the same as loving music. Yes. Uh, being in the food industry is not the same as loving food, but thankfully it is a place where I feel like I have um, experiences that are different from most people in the industry that can help to create something new. And that's something that Lo and I are really excited about doing too, is really think, thinking about what are the restaurants of the future look like and how do we start to build that? reality hmm. what has it been for you all to have your 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 family and sp more specifically your mothers you know help guide you in creating the menus and and <laughs> fine-tuning that tongue and those hands to get the menu that you all want for for kaya i feel like lo has you know, <laughs> very deep feelings about that <laughs> You know, you know. Originally, I I thought it would be very hard, um, but I think since there's a lot of love at the table, and I think that's you know, that it's been a lot easier than than expected. Um, you know, they, everybody has their opinion, um, but it also shows like when you make something good and and you feel confident in it, and even if they disagree, that you agree with it, that you're good to go. So it's it it's kind of ways of like like giving or, or I guess you say strengthening your belief in yourself or whatever you're doing it because yo, everybody, you know, like Jamie said, I got a thousand questions, a thousand things thrown at me and people think, oh, what do you think about this? You should have more salt. What do you think about this? 
And then if I'm confident enough after about, you know, 20 questions from many different strong women, by the way, strong women, um, then I feel confident that I can serve it to other people and feel confident to say that it's Filipino, you know, <laughs> because it goes through, it goes through an evaluation. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm good. If that's that evaluation, I, I'm okay with it. Um, Where does this love of like cooking started for you, Lo? I think a lot of it stems from my, um, my dad, like always making sure we had good food on the table, even though like he worked a lot. So when he had a chance, he really like set up the table. My dad loves setting the table. He likes setting plates. It's, it's really, it's really cute. Like even to this day, like it's almost like he, he tries to compete with me. Like when I do a new menu, he's like, I'm going to do a new menu this week too. And I'm going to bring you guys food. And I'm like, you're so funny. Um, awesome. We all win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all win. <laughs> um, but similar to what Jamie said about community, um, I feel food, uh, it just, when I'm growing up, I have this story of where my, it's crazy. So the story is when I knew I really wanted to do food and I thought food would be something I could do for my future. Um, one year, my dad decides that we need to clean the pool during a big drought in Florida. So we had like a, like a two week drought in Florida where it didn't rain. So I had to pull out the water out of the pool, like with the hose, like old school style. And then it rained the next day. And you know what happened the next day? Now, the reason why there's water that goes into the pool, it counterbalances the weight for the soil. But since there was no water in the pool, it rose the pool. And so it broke the whole pool. And this is like a big like pool where you could do laps, not eight feet deep. So we lost our pool, essentially, you know, like a $20,000 pool. And But that's not like really like the moral of the story. The moral of the story is like, I then had to, my dad had trucks and trucks of dirt delivered to the house that I had to fill the, the big ass pool with dirt for my whole summer. So lugging barrels on barrels of dirt to this pool. And then I would like cook out, my parents worked a lot, so I'd watch like Rachel Ray and, and I'd watch um, Oliver's Twist, you know, Jamie Oliver before I, Food Network got really big. And I used to write stuff down and I used to cook for myself because my parents would work all the time and my brothers are older than me. And so one time I just started cooking for my friends to help me do my chores. So, and they would, they would do it. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, you can cook for people and they'll do stuff for you. And I was like, maybe I want to be a chef. Maybe I want to be a cook. But back then, you know, Florida wasn't a place where you thought of like, you could be a chef. My parents didn't understand it. So I went to college, went to University of Florida. And even at University of Florida, we threw parties. And I always just loved gathering people. And, and food was always part of that conversation. And I really saw myself as more of a, a restaurant tour than a chef. But once moving to New York, like I was like, I got really like enthralled with the food and I felt the importance of, you know, I worked for Dan Barber and he really changed my ethos of like how I think about how food affects the world, you know, just from the product point, you know, from the seed. Um, when you talk about like a, a plate of food, uh, it, it really should be a resemblance of like what a really good biodynamic farm is as well. And that's why a lot of people don't understand. You have grains, you have a little bit of protein, whether it's chicken, and then you have mostly vegetables. And that's like, that's what a farm should consist of. So that changed my, like working for him, like really just changed like how I thought about everything. Um, and his platform, like to see how he worked as a chef was amazing because he was not only a chef, he was a journalist, you know, he was a journalist, he's a writer. And he, you know, he, he really changed the world, you know? So I was like, you know, I, I would like, to do like an inch of what he does, you know, and that would be great. <laughs> and I think I could, you know, display and help the world in that way. And 
my ways through food and gatherings. So that's how, that's what got me into it really. What have your parents told both of you about what it is that you all have created and are creating? You know, my parents are very proud to see what we're doing. And a lot of it has to do with like the business side, you know, the truth be told, you know, it's just like, they're happy that I can take care of my family and, you know, I'm doing well. Um, but in terms of culture, it's, it's, it's less of a conversation really, to be honest with you of like, like, Oh, you're representing our culture very well. You know, I would think it would be the opposite, but it's not, it's never something that we really talk about so much because it's almost like you're for when I'm talking about food with my parents and I try to drive the culture out of them and I'm trying to learn the language. It's almost like, biting tooth and nail you know like I'm really trying to pull it out of them you know like please tell me what this is I'm asking you questions so I want to know because I'm interested and it's almost like uh they're not in necessarily um enthusiastic you know they're, they're, they want me to know it but not necessarily enthusiastic about it so that's been most of my experience but they're definitely like super proud that we're doing it um but it's it's an interesting dynamic really it's that silent proudness right yeah maybe yeah yeah, and I think a part of it is like just, I mean, I wonder, I don't know this. This is because, you know, I wonder if it's just not something that was on their on their radar, right? In terms of like what our lives could look like. I know uh, a lot of Filipino parents or, you know, immigrant kids in general, uh, immigrant families like want their kids to have a better life. And I don't know that, I think we only know what we're exposed to, you know? And I think that there's some level of like doctor, lawyer, engineer, like that's the thing that is success. And I remember, you know, majoring in public relations and my mom was like, what's that customer service? Like, you don't need a degree for that. That's what I did, you know? And it's, um, it's, it's kind of funny because even now I think she's like, do you have a job? <laughs> but she knows, but she knows that I'm successful and she knows that I'm doing what I want to do. And I, I think my parents also are super proud. And, you know, when it comes to like having a Filipino restaurant, something that I've talked about with my mom for a long time, because my mom was she would cater a lot of the family parties growing up. And so like cooking is a huge part of my family. And she would, um, you know, we, we'd go eat out and we would be those critical Filipinos <laughs> who were like, I make it better at home. And so like, you know, mom, you should have a restaurant. You cook so good. But, you know, she's like, I'm old, it's too hard. So I think it's, you know, it's really exciting for her to see that that idea, that vision of having a Filipino restaurant is happening. And I think it's different from what she imagined. But I think she's constantly trying to think of ways to contribute. You know, she's always like, oh, tell Lo to come over so I can teach him how to make, you know, XYZ suman or burro or whatever, like regional specialty. Um, and, you know, Lo and I are trying to also serve things that people aren't used to eating at home because there's so much more than, you know, than that um, to explore. And so it's fun to like ask our parents about that. And, you know, some days they have more patience than others to like really sit with us and explain. Sometimes like, I'll just make it. And then <laughs> I'll just make it. how about I just make it, you know? Um, and I think my mom's a little competitive with you too, Lo, actually. <laughs> Whenever she's like, well, I made this today, you know, and that's good. It makes us all better. Iron tripe. <laughs> um, but I think we've, been, I mean, for me, like I've been having a lot of intense, I'll say intense, but like, you know, pretty intense conversations with my mom and some of my family around like how we talk about Filipino food and Filipino business, because I hear them sometimes say things about other businesses. And I'm like, let's, let's unpack that. You know, what do you really mean? You know, I had an auntie who was saying like, oh, it didn't taste like mine. And I was like, is that what you expect when you go out to eat <laughs> for it to taste like yours? I was like, was it good? And she's like, yeah, it was good, but it's not how I do it. And I was like, oh, well, you know, 
when you go to a Mexican restaurant or, a, you know, a burger joint, do you expect every burger or every taco to taste the same from each place you go to? No. I was like, okay, so, you know, I just try to be patient. It's hard for me sometimes, <laughs> but I try to be patient and like, just ask questions to try to get them to think differently about what's possible. Um, I think we've made a lot of progress, honestly. I, I, I'm really proud of my, uh, my mom and my parents and my family around that. So it's cool. And, and your, and your family too. I mean, I spent a lot of time with Lowe's family. Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're actually great. It's, it's, it's really they fun. They don't like uh, voice it. And a lot of it's just, you know, they're helping out a shit ton. Like they're making desserts for us and cooking all the time. And, and it's, they're taking the feedback and learning as well, but you know, the communication, you know, that's something that's always in, like you said, it's, it's silent, you know, it's almost, you know, like they just, they rather act and do stuff for you to help you than, than verbalize any type of, you know, verbal, what is that? A verbal affirmation is not in our culture. You know, not, not, not my court, you know, I've not, I never, <laughs> you know, but like, you did a good job. No, it's like, ran a mile, won one more mile. You got an A, what about an A plus? You know, like, right. or, you know, like it was always, you know, to I'm the next level. I'm glad you added the word affirmation because I was going to say, my mom's pretty vocal about the criticism. <laughs> yeah. It's always the opposite, right? But she's also a Virgo, so, you know, we have to Oh, like, that's my mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm... I've met my childhood twin. <laughs> well, yeah. once I realized, I was like, oh, she's, a, I was like, once I understood a little bit about Virgo tendencies, I was like, this explains a lot. I can give her more space to just be herself. And I'm a Taurus, which I'm like stubborn. Oh, it shall season. Grounded. It is my <laughs> being about like, you know, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's the, what, like, I, I feel that in my core, that communication is not our strongest, it's not our strongest suit. Like when I would try to explain to anybody like how I how I am what I am like right now, because you know, my parents then they don't tell me things and I don't tell them things. We just do things and what we do is food. So it kind of is like, you know, like that is the that is the love language right there. Right. That, that is how I tell you, like, I'm thinking of you. That is how I tell you, I'm sorry. Thank you. You did a good job. But yeah, the criticisms are harsh, but the food is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for making me dinner go on. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. But, but, but you know, like, but what Jamie was saying, like, we, but we have to, but we have to break it. Like, we have to break that. I don't know the generational trauma or that whatever whatever is that what we need to unpack because we need to start celebrating more mm. and not holding in you know mm-hmm. it's it's nice to receive that food but it's also nice to hear and it's also nice to feel it in other ways you know and maybe that's what kaya is about it's like not just not just eating it but the whole experience of it because you need to hear it you need to see it you need to feel yeah. it and you need it in your tummy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can we like learn to better, you know, build better relationships with our families? Kaya, nothing. We can do it. You know, it takes practice, patience. And, you know, we all have different situations. So I can't say that, you know, that's true for everybody. But um, we're trying to even just model that with each other, you know, like being in, I'm sure you experienced this too as co host of a podcast and, you know, uh, co creators that it's not always easy. It's not, you know, every single day isn't like we understand each other, we communicate perfectly, we have our moments and it's just the commitment to work through those moments. And that to me, that's like the most rewarding thing is that, oh, like he has my back even when it's hard. 
mm-hmm. and vice versa. You know, even when I'm not my best self or when he's not his best self, we still have each other's backs and are willing to kind of revisit. We can come back to it. And we want to model that for our team, for the people that we work with in community in our restaurant, because that's not, that's not a given in Filipino culture, in many Asian cultures, in restaurant culture, like it's, you know, it's not necessarily a given. And um, even in my work in nonprofits, it's not a given. So we, we really have to like put in mechanisms to practice that, to share that as an expectation, to, you know, be vulnerable and try to like, you know, get out of the crab mentality that we hear a lot about and move more into a rising tide lifts all boats. And that's kind of how we see this. Like we're so excited for all the Filipino makers out there because there's a lot, especially compared to before. It's still not a lot compared to like California, but there's a lot for us coming up. There's food trucks. There's like, I don't know, at least three or four food trucks, restaurants, um, all kinds of stuff happening in Orlando. And we're just, we're excited to be a part of it and to be in community with others who are, um, you know, on the same kind of, uh, Wavelength. challenge course <laughs> what'd you say wavelength wavelength yeah same wavelength same we're, we're you know we're kind of going through the same thing together so we're hoping to lift each other up so about about this menu like because <laughs> this is this is you know this is where i really shine <laughs> <laughs> so like you know when you say filipino food what you know what give us an idea of like what what would be in there would be like would there be like five sumans in in like the menu would we be, would there be a like <laughs> flight or you know you know what you like to be you gotta make a note Denny <laughs> yeah Denny <laughs> it's, it's it's gonna tell a story you know like um you know her being her family being from Pampanga and my my parents uh, or my dad specifically be, being from Pangasinan you know that allows us to focus on the fish area but like say like a sample menu you know like when we talk about burro that's a great way to start off a meal and have you know have an understanding of like the history of what Filipino was so we're gonna you know like you would start off with like the fish the bounty of the ocean telling a story of that technique and then going into like techniques like adobo or ginitaan or sinigang and, and highlighting a menu in a way that those are are the main descriptors and everything inside those things can change um, weekly, monthly, or however we feel according to the season. Um, so it's, it's, it's really going to be based on the techniques that you, you hear in Filipino food commonly, uh, whether it's going to be suman or kakanin, you know, and you have like, you know, these glutinous rice um meriendas you know like so we really want to focus on the techniques that filipinos have created and present them in a maybe just present them in a a a more modern way but we you know i think that food in general has gotten so modern and like trying to be like gastronomic and creating all these cool techniques um but i don't think that's necessary especially for filipino food because we haven't yet to explore um all the techniques within Filipino food and presenting them nicely, you know, in, in, in America, essentially, you're saying in the Philippines, it happens. But I think like a lot of times when people are approaching Filipino food, and I'm not saying it's not going to be modern, or it's not going to be some sort of like combination of Japanese or Italian, because, you know, that's what I've been trained. So it's going to show up in the food deeply, for sure. But our focus is to try to make sure that um, we are trying to stay true as much as we can to our roots, but our roots 
is everywhere, right? You know, it can, comes from all the different islands in the Philippines. It also comes from being American. And then it comes from our history, you know, our, our experiences as people. So what the food will be like a representation of who we are and the people in our community. And I think that's what it will be Filipino in being said that we will use all the techniques of comprising the Filipino cuisine and present it in that way. So will there be a Suman tasting? Yes, there will be if you want one. <laughs> <laughs> will there be a double tasting? All types of things. You know, I think one of the uh, one of the thing, our last menu that we had, we had a, like a, a double um, mushrooms and people like loved it and it tastes so Filipino and it's not typical, but people were like, wow, like that's amazing. And I was like, cool, like you get it. The feeling is there, like still have that, um, that connection with what it tastes like, nostalgic. That's, I think I, we always kind of want to hit that point of like, oh, I, I remember that like as a kid, like oh, I've had that before, even though and it's probably completely different than you've ever had it, but it still like feels very familiar. And I think that's going to be an important part of Kaya because we're trying to represent our Filipino community, you know? So we want to make sure that stays, you know, true to the food as well. So I'd say that's what would describe the food. <laughs> Well, we are so excited. And um, before we end our conversation, we always like to ask all of our guests a top five question. And since you all are in the food world, um, because it's two of you, we're going to split it and give you three choices. So it'll be your top five in an in a honorable mention. So you all get to pick what three you want for yourself. But we want to know what are your top five favorite Filipino foods of all, all time? Oh, damn. You just cannot it out. So hard <laughs> it's very hard it is hard it is almost borderline um insulting <laughs> <laughs> well just so you know i didn't write that question she wrote it so. <laughs> she, oh she's God. like trying to write her. Yes. <laughs> i'm just excited for veronica to finally eat fish <laughs> oh that won't happen now i will eat all the meat in the world all the pork all anything but fish i'm sorry i just can't i think lo can make you eat fish maybe just saying why not fish you know it my dad loved to fish and it was a big problem for me growing up or a problem for them you know like a lot of the food that my mom and my dad caught or made at home was things that I would not eat I think I was very my tongue was just like fast food everything Burger King I want to go here and uh so fish was just one of those things that just never everybody would be at the at the table eating fish and grits and I'm sitting there with my cheeseburger like this is what we doing tonight I would Denny I think I think I think Lo can help you transition into a, a seafood love i know what you're, i know what you're talking about that's what familiar i i know i know where you're coming from but i, th I think it's you know it could be a thing we'll start off with the vegetables you know like yeah you know, yo little, little little vegetable floor play you know vegetable play, that's what i that's what i specialize in and then you know sneak a little fish in there and if you like it you know she doesn't need to know <laughs> there's no fish in this um I'll, uh, you know what? Uh, this is hard, but I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go. What's coming up for me? One of my top. These are not in order because I can't do that. But I'd say one of them for sure is sinigang. Um, sinigang is a sour soup that is full of vegetables, and it really, you know, showcases all the different vegetables you have in the backyard. And I love that. And I like all the different kinds of sinigang: pork, beef, 
shrimp, fish, whatever. Um, another one would be uh, tosilog. It's a portmanteau of tocino, senangag, which is far, uh, fried garlic rice, and the itlog, which is egg. So it's breakfast. My mom's tocino is like candy. It's so delicious with like the sweet meat and then the savory rice and the egg is just so good um with some tomatoes mm, yums denny like i see you you're like yes i didn't see that coming i'm like that was from left field oh my gosh and then third you know oh i know uh like binago ongan and that's just like a funky it's just a bago ong which is fermented shrimp paste saute with garlic onions tomatoes and then usually pork but sometimes I make it with chicken and it's like so salty funky so perfect with a steaming hot bowl of white rice so yeah. good oh those are my, I'll, I'm gonna go with those three <laughs> I haven't been at in like years now like my t- my stomach was like oh <laughs> um hello I made some for Easter and I threw some coconut milk in there to make it like yeah kind of like Beacon Express but my mom doesn't really like spicy food but it, it hit oh <laughs> you love so that that's that's Jamie's top three. What about you? Oh, my number one is dinaguan, like the the chocolate meat. You know the the pork pork beef blood. I, I love that. I don't like it with liver though, um, unless it's like the liver is cooked like really perfectly. But it tends to be overcooked, so it has a lot of iron flavor to it. Um, but I've also had one in the Philippines where they like, made it crispy, and I was like, wow, that blew my mind. That's when I knew Filipino food could be like different is when I forget what that place is called in the Philippines is very popular for it but they made the Nagoan crispy and I was like oh this is amazing so that's my number one for sure I always say that's my favorite with puto um my number two this is a, this is this is hard I'm gonna go with longanisa because I love me some fat sausage like with the little fat caps inside and it's sweet and then when you you poke a hole and the oil comes out onto yeah. the rice and then you have the fried egg, and then you have vinegar, and you have the salsawan. You know, this I think that's one thing that's cool about Filipino food too that people don't really know on is that we have salsawan, and it's like there's different types of salsawan where you're able to pair with different foods, whether it's like you know like just vinegar and garlic, or then you have patis with tomato and onion and red and, and red onions, and it's just you can kind of flavor your own food, and we we're, we're gonna do that kaya too, where you can kind of flavor your own food as well because we feel like. You know, it's your food. You know, you should enjoy yeah, it. I want it saltier. I want it like Sauce is life. Sauce is life. Right. Sauce is life for sure. And I would say this is something that I don't have very often, but I really enjoy is lumpia sariwa, which is oh like the fresh. Oh my god, that's one. my favorite. You know, I, I, you know, Jamie's mom, Tamina, makes really good lumpia sariwa, and I don't know why I don't ask for it more, but I think I know because it's hard work. <laughs> So I don't want to ask for it because it's and I don't make it because it's also very hard work. It's a lot of hard work because it's I'm a lot pushing of him. I'm like, we need it on the menu. Lump Yang yes, Sariwa. Yes, yeah. No one makes it. I mean, not no one, but it's so it's so uh it is hard to make. <laughs> I believe in you. You're a really great chef. <laughs> She's speaking into existence now, you know. No, but I, I think definitely it will it will be on the menu. Well, you know, really I've been lazy. Getting him on, on record. <laughs> She's hyping you up with that affirmation. You know those words. I know. I know. She's like, I'm gonna speak it, and it's gonna come true. <laughs> it will. It will. Um, so those are those are my top. Those are my top three. And I, I like pancit uh, sometimes a lot too. And I, I've been we've been cooking that a lot. And I think I, my dad cooks that a lot, and that's why I like it. It's kind of like 
reminds me of home. That's what's up. I'm just going to cry on the phone. Mom, can you make me some lumpia? <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are your favorite Filipino foods? Oh, me? For me, it's kare-kare. Uh, and when I was pregnant, I got like some allergies on binago on the on the bagoong and i was crying to my husband i'm like why of all things but you know that's that that is my that is my favorite food if i would be if i would be executed tomorrow (laughs) that that should be my my executed Executed. (laughs) 100 real quick um I think the second thing would be like the dried fish that you would cook. Like just, I don't know what it's called. There's a 10 million so many kinds. Yep. Yeah. Japox. Kinds. Japox, delis. Yes, yep. but the, the dried fish and the dried squid that you would fry in the morning with like fried rice and egg. The the salted duck egg with, with tomato. yeah, with tomato. Yeah, so good. So good. And then the third, the third one would probably be. I think it would probably be below below. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but it's like these rice balls with ube and um, what what what's in it, friends? Help me. <laughs> <laughs> ube langka. It can have. Little no, tapioca. Tapioca. Plantains in there. There you go. Yeah, cooked in coconut milk, like a sweet, a sweet pinataan. Yes. Something mm. like tapioca in there. They put tapioca in there sometimes. That's a dessert that your mom would make that I can eat. Is that what yes. you're talking about? Oh yes. yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> when whenever my mom would come to the house, be like, Veronica, you can eat this. You make a whole thing. Veronica, there is so much you can eat. I have, you know, I have friends in Chicago. It's funny. I have a funny story. I was making pancit one time and I was so proud because I was like, it's vegan. And they were like, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe it's vegan. And then later that night, someone asked me like, so how did you make it? So I started explaining, okay, garlic, onions. And then I put some, you know, veggie bouillon. And then I put patis and then I paused and I was like, oh shit, but this is fish sauce. <laughs> I'm not vegan. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> As being a vegetarian, how do you feel about that? Like, when I think about, you know, working at Blue Hill, there's a, he wrote a book called The Third Plate. And what it talks about essentially at the end was, you know, vegetables being flavored with, you know, protein, like, like demi-glace or like a bone sauce, or like in talking about Filipino food, a lot of vegetable stuff are seasoned with bagoong or fish sauce. Like, wh- how do you feel like about that as being a vegetarian? This is what I tell people. Don't tell me what you did with it. Just give it. <laughs> Because I know that those flavors will make it taste just, you know, it's good. Like there are times, (laughs) yesterday I made some noodles. (laughs) I made some noodles yesterday and I'm like, okay, you know, just some plain old udon noodles out of the package, not not really tasting good. But I'm like, I gotta make this taste like something. And I went to the refrigerator and and her son is like, what's that? I'm like, oyster sauce because I'm going to use <laughs> I know that shit tastes good I'm going to flavor that food and I'll just yes. so I'm I'm that like tricky vegetarian like I'm not going to sit there and be like oh I'm going to eat this whole plate of meat in front of you and still say I'm vegetarian yeah. but yeah. if I need it to make it taste like something 
familiar to know what I know, what it should taste like, then yeah, just yeah, yeah. tell me, just give it to me, right? <laughs> um, and I have to say, like, like these last two years spending them here with with Denny and her family, um, one of the things that I have started working on she showed me how to make adobo so i've made it with tofu and like i was like okay i think this is kind of like something you know she kind of like hyped me up i'm like oh it tastes it tastes like it i know it wasn't like 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 it but it, it's a it's a it's a start you know like of being able to diversify the menu because i am not a cook i will i need to be a rich woman I know in my life, I need to be a rich woman because I like to go and have other people prepare the food for me. I'm not the one to be preparing food for myself. But to know that I can be able to make an attempt of taking something and making it where I can eat it. And, you know, that is something that she can say, yeah, this is this tastes close to what, you know, that I grew up eating makes me happy, you know, because if I call my mama, ask her how to make something it's that whole you know you just put a little this and that and i'm like <laughs> i don't know okay all right whatever let me go see what martha stewart say but that's, that's, that's what I got. but yeah like like i said if you don't tell me i'm not gonna ask just give it just give it to me because that's all i got to eat at that moment so i'm not gonna, <laughs> i'm not gonna go hungry <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but I want to say thank you to both of you all for joining us and sharing this space to talk about what you all have created. I know um, this is something that has been near and dear for your heart for a, a long time. Um, you're getting ready to birth it out and everybody's going to see this brand new baby and we cannot wait to hear what everyone has to say about what you all have created and um, we just want to say thank you for honoring your your time, honoring us with your time to come and talk about all of everything uh, about yes. Kaya and your lives and your careers and your choices and your and your dreams, your hopes and dreams and all that good stuff. And if there are any haters, send them to me. <laughs> I'll take care of them. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> Veronica's like talking, like all I can think about is the food that they did not mention. <laughs> so I'm hoping that, you know, one day I'll be able to go inside the restaurant and be like, yes, this smells, feels and like, taste like home mm. Mm. that's what we hope to yeah and thank I, you so much for inviting us this is our first podcast y'all oh yeah. wow yay thank you for listening to us go on tangents <laughs> yes <laughs> oh that's our favorite way i mean that's that's just yes. part of the course we love that yeah, um, natural we have communication we want just want to talk talk it out thank you so much again for coming on to the show um, I'm so excited. I'm going to bring my, yeah. I was just going to say, we're, we're hoping to open, um, late summer crossing all of our fingers and toes. Um, you know how it goes with construction, but in the meantime, folks can just follow us on kaya.orlando on Instagram for updates so that, you know, when you can come, uh, Denny to the door and um, yes. all the smells and taste the tastes <laughs> at Kaya. <laughs> What do we got to do to get like a special reserved table that when we come is already there? Nobody sits at our table. Like, or if there's somebody there that they just have to get up, they're like, they're here. The vulgar gym is have it prepared. It's called our reservation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to have a reservation. <laughs> then you'll feel special no matter what. Everyone will feel special. I can't, I can't put my secrets on the air. <laughs> 
that's okay. We know, we know what's up. We'll get that gold plate so you can put it on. <laughs> we'll sponsor a table. How about that? <laughs> well, we are gonna have some pop-ups this summer in June and July. So you know, hopefully, we'll get to see you at that time. Uh, even before we formally open our doors, we're you know already trying to feed the people. So keep an eye out. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you, you heard it here first. Kaya is the place to be. Y'all better go, go ahead, stock them so you can get your reservations because it's going to be booked and busy. <laughs> that for sure. Don't, don't be sleeping on them because this is some good food. You, you guys are not ready. Maybe you are. So come, have, have some food with us. <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all take care. Y'all have a good night. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast and listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.